Hello, bonjour, shalom, and welcome to Culturally Jewish. I'm David Sklar. And I'm Ilana Zakon. Join us as we explore Jewish art, culture, and identity in Canada. On this week's episode, it's just the two of us to welcome you into 2024. We'll discuss the cancellation of The Runner, which was set to be performed at the Belfry Theatre later on this year. Mama always wanted me to be a doctor, but I became an artist and that really shocked her. Now I'm interviewing people in the biz, pros, and newish, but all of them are artists and they're culturally Jewish. Alana, what have you been up to since we last spoke? A lot of relaxation. I spent uh, almost two weeks up in the Laurentians and it was so nice. Like even just coming back, I felt like the rejuvenation of my entire body and mind from just watching a lot of cozy movies and going skating and having, you know, bonfires in the fireplace, roasting marshmallows. It was just like a real winter break. Okay, I'm going to assume that winter break also included probably going off a lot of social media at the same time? Yeah, I left my phone at home almost every single day when we would go wow. out and, and wander, which was really nice. Um, but I I was thinking about this the other day on a previous episode of the podcast. I was saying how I was purposefully avoiding all of social media in the past few weeks. I've been gently kind of coming back. And then every time that I see something that triggers me, I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. But I'm kind of at that point that you described a while ago of I kind of want to know who at this point because it's been going on for so long that it feels unavoidable and I want to be more strategic about where I put myself in person. So it it does help a bit, but sometimes you see things that you kind of can't unsee. Unfortunately, to prepare for this episode, I had to see a lot of things that I can't unsee because I was reading all the comments on all the social media posts (laughs) about the runner. But anyway, before I, I we get think, into that, how was your break? My break was nice. I, uh, John and I did a last minute trip down to Phoenix, Arizona, just a same kind of thing. Get away, unwind, relax, enjoy the nice weather. And John, uh, he put a clamp down on all my social media uh, look lookings as well. So I was not able to see anything over the past few days, which honestly felt really good. He asked me at the end, he says, don't you feel better by not engaging in social media? And I was like, yeah, I think I do. But but the weather also helped too. So before we get into a whole discussion, I think it's important to have some context. The Belfry is a theater in Victoria, British Columbia, and they had programmed this play, The Runner by Christopher Morris, a non-Jewish playwright. The play is about an Orthodox Jewish volunteer who works for Zaka. It's an organization that collects the remains of Jews that are killed in accidents. And so this man, Jacob, a Zaka volunteer, treats a young woman suspected of stabbing a soldier. And to me, that sounds like it shows a lot of perspective, but apparently a lot of people felt differently. And a petition went up with over currently over 1,100 signatures demanding that the Belfry remove the runner from the lineup, alleging that the play features violent and racist rhetoric of Zionism from an exclusively Israeli perspective. A counter petition went up to keep the play, which also was signed by over 1,000 people. And then they had a community dialogue on December 22nd to try to figure out what to do about this. And then just the other day, the Belfry announced in a public statement that they would be canceling the show. David, you've actually heard a production of this play. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, A while ago, the CBC had a podcast called Play Me, which featured a lot of productions by Canadian playwrights. And The Runner was one of the choices they selected several years ago. 
It's worth noting that when I went back to look for it, to listen to it again, they appear to have taken it down. And I can't say whether that's related to this recent controversy, though, or not. I don't know. Uh, But I was able to listen to it back then. It was very nuanced. It was emotional. It was dealing with a lot of conflict. It was not coming from a racist perspective. There are characters in the play who happen to be very racist. And I think when we pull it apart, I think this is what the issue that some of the more pro-Palestinians were complaining about when they pulled out and sort of said, this play is nothing but Zionist propaganda. This play is nothing but full of racist diatribes against Palestinians. And there is true, there's a character who who, who is exactly like that. But I think we are forgetting the issue is that you can have racist characters in productions and the play does not. The play is not a racist perspective on it. So I think that is the issue that we always tend to forget whenever there's bad characters uh, being portrayed in shows that this is obviously the this is a a view of the playwright itself, Mm -hmm. a reflection of the playwright or of the main character itself. So I think, yeah, that was where it really went off the wheels. Well, so what, what it made me wonder is, do you think a lot of people actually know the play? These people who are posting on social media, the people who are signing this petition, it sounds to me like they're jumping on buzzwords like IDF, Zaka, Israel, not necessarily knowing a lot of actual uh, detail. Do you think that's true? Do you think a lot of people just jump on things and don't actually know the play? I mean, I can't speak. I can't speak for everyone whether they know the play or not. I do know that the Belfry definitely. Um, they, they allowed the play to be reviewed as of January 8th when the pushback started. They sort of said the scripts of the play will be available to anyone who right. wants to read it. Whether people read it or not, I cannot say. I'm going to assume that most people have not listened to it, have not read it. Yeah, don't know anything that's about my it. feeling as well. That's my feeling as well. But in a sense, that's not the point for these people. They don't need to read the play. They don't want to read the play. As long as there are characters being featured who are Israeli, when there is a conflict, when it's coming from a more Israeli perspective, they say shut it down. Because some of these people who wanted to boycott this particular show are also calling for a cultural boycott of anything coming out from Israel. It doesn't right. even matter that the playwright is a Canadian is a Canadian white man. For them... It, as long as you're portraying nuance or complexity when it comes to Israel, that is verboten. So I found it really interesting that they decided to to hold this community-wide dialogue. And then when I looked into it, it sounded like it went horribly wrong, which I would have anticipated if I'd programmed a community dialogue on, on a play about the Middle East. Um, according to the Vancouver Sun, several dozen pro-Palestinian activists walked out partway through a tense three-hour community meeting. And then when I was reading people's Uh, comments on a Vancouver Island Jewish Facebook group that I'm a part of, it sounded like there was not that many people there until a bunch of illegal pro-Palestinian activists marched into the meeting, around 40 people. Before that, they said they estimated it was about 15 Jews um, that were on the more uh, keep the play side and about 20 people that were protesting it. That's not a lot of people. But then it got really intense and it became like a huge thing and everyone got kicked out. And um, as a as a, a reporter at the CJN um, wrote about, there was even a man there who went up and said, I am pro-Palestinian and I'm pro-Israel. I care about both. And he was yelled at and people called him a white settler colonialist. They called him a racist. They said, you've got blood on your hands. So I don't know how helpful it was 
what did they think they were going to accomplish by having this dialogue? Was that really their litmus test to see whether they were going to keep the play? So, Alana, I don't, we spoke privately about this when I was in Montreal and I went to go see seven Jewish children and at uh, through Tisri Dunya. And they had a post uh, chat and these community dialogues where they just want to hear from people never end up well, in a sense. Right. There's always shouting. There's always um, uh, it almost derails the whole conversation or the point of the play, because you sort of say we want to open this up to anyone who really wants to express themselves. But as soon as there's an alternative viewpoint or someone who is ex- expressing something differently, as I saw a gentleman, it was mostly, you know, very pro-Palestinian voices who spoke after Seven Jewish Children by Carol Churchill. And then as soon as someone else sort of said, I have a different perspective, they got shut down, they got ha- harassed, they got whistled at or anything like that. So as soon as you go against the line of thinking of these chattering classes, then it's all out the window and so much for community dialogue or having different perspectives. So to me, it seems like they almost gave in from bullying. People showed up, they protested, they graffitied the theater, and then they shut it down. Because, and the thing that I find unnerving personally is that in their statement, the Belfry Theater says that they are not going to present it given the current conflict in the Middle East. This is not the time for a play which may further tensions among our community. Hmm. I, I don't really know what that means, to be honest. I don't know what that means. It makes it sound like they're... Are they trying to prioritize some people over other people? Or are they trying to say, well, there's all this, you know, hubbub and people are coming in and they're being really intense. Like we don't want Jews to be affected. I doubt it. One could argue maybe that's what they mean if they wanted to have a bit of nuance. Um, But there's something that feels so strange to me about making a statement that is assuming that everyone feels okay with this decision when it's so clearly just responding to these pro-Palestinian activists who called for the cancellation of the show. Yeah. And again, like I can't I can't get in the mind of the company what was behind their exact decision to do so. I'm assuming there was a lot of pressure, but I'm going to also assume that now that the play has been pulled, there's going to be pressure from the other side, from people who are sort of saying, well, now we don't want to give our money or our time or our, our seats to people who are saying, say, you know, we feel this very nuanced, complex play, this not rah, 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 pro-Israel, pro-Zionism play is, is being canceled. Um, so I wonder what the repercussions moving forward were going to be. And it, it really made me think of, you know, it made me think of what's been going on in the world with the university professors, the the chairs, the deans of some of these American universities who sort of said, well, it's all depending on nuance, whether calling for the genocide of Jews is 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 actionable. So it almost made me think of you, you take these actions and you hope to calm everything down. And in a sense, you're making things way worse. Exactly. And and one other sentence that I want to highlight in their statement is they said, we believe that presenting the runner at this particular time does not ensure the well-being of all segments of our community. Oof. I want to talk a bit about artistic statements, which relates to where I was going with reading that quote. So on the Belfry's website, in their artistic statement, they say, Uh, I want our work to offer audiences either a window into a world with which they are unfamiliar or a new perspective on the world they know. So doesn't that seem to me like there's a tension there between what they wrote in their statement of trying to protect the quote unquote well-being of the community and then creating theater that provokes, that opens dialogue, that provides a window into the unfamiliar? What do you make of that? 
I, I, I've reached out to some directors and some playwrights over the past few days when this controversy happened. And I sort of said, can I get your opinion? What what do you think about this? And some people responded saying, saying you know, if you start now canceling plays that might provoke or be controversial or maybe don't that you don't agree with, you're sort of now saying that anything else moving forward can be canceled at any time. You are giving power to these people who sort of say, well, if we can cancel this play, anything moving forward can be canceled. Any ideology, any political bent, whether it's queer culture, whether it's black culture, whether it is anything else, Jewish themes can now be canceled based on the whims or the wills of protests. And I think that's a very dangerous precedent to set up. And I, I asked someone else, I sort of said, can you give me another example of when a play was canceled for something like this? And they sort of said, you know what? There are plays that have been canceled for many reasons, COVID being one of them, running out of money being another, arguments between artistic directors and actors, which happen a lot, canceled. She could not come up with one other example where a play like this in Canada had been canceled. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very optimistic of you to say that you think it's going to set a precedent because to me, this is another Jews don't count situation where I think this sets a precedent to cancel other Jewish themed plays. I don't see that happening with other things because to me, that is that's what's coming out of this whole situation is a further distancing between everyone in the arts community and the Jewish community, which we've talked about in, in our previous episodes. As a counterexample, Another uh, production of The Runner is not being canceled, which is going up at the Push Festival this month in Vancouver. And I found that to be a beacon of hope compared to every other theater company that I've seen. Who has, They have no Jewish staff members as far as I'm aware on, on the main staff. I was looking through the page. I love the Push Festival. I've been many times. I used to volunteer there. So I was very happy to see that they were standing up for their decision, especially after what happened at the Belfry. They wrote a whole blog post, which I recommend you checking out. It might give you some hope mm. that not all uh, theaters have become incredibly one-sided and black and white. And they talked about the importance of having nuance and having difficult conversations. Not only that, but they're programming two very different perspective shows. They have one show going up that's from a Palestinian perspective that's all about a family being displaced. And they're showing the runner. And it gives opportunity for people to go see both and have a wider frame, which I think is really what we need right now. And they really stood by their decision. So go push festival. They they stood by their decision. I was very impressed with what they said. Again, the, the chattering classes on social media were not as sympathetic to the push festival at all. They're also oh, calling yeah. for they're also calling for a boycott of push and they're going to try to apply pressure. I'm imagining in the next few weeks or months to try to get the runner canceled. But it's really interesting that they're putting up this I don't know this play. It's called Dear Delilah, I believe. And it's from a Palestinian perspective about a Palestinian refugee. Yeah. So it's an installation piece. And from what I saw online, it's a girl with a house and she's like moving things around. And it it's to symbolize the displacement of a family who kept getting kicked out of their homes. So you get two very, very different perspectives there. You, you absolutely do. And I, I think that was a really interesting thing. And I know J. Kelly Nestruck from the Globe and Mail wrote about that decision. Uh, first, the Belfry canceling and then the push moving forward. He was very, uh, I would recommend checking out the Globe and Mail article that was posted uh, this week to sort of say, you know, the, he sort of said 
the push festival leaders in their conscientious curation in responding to the Hamas attacks and the subsequent Israeli decimation of Gaza by recording a podcast with Mr. Morris in November and in their transparent communications internally and externally have set a new standard for how to steer a cultural organization in a principled way through our polarized times. And I do agree with what he wrote there. So again, yes, kudos to push for programming not just the runner but this other show as well and to hopefully hopefully i don't know have this um better way of having dialogue both pre-show yeah. and post-show because i think that's where a lot of i think that's where a lot of theaters fail they sort of say we're presenting this show that has that can really trigger a lot of things and we're done and go for it audience just just have at it right I mean, I'm I'm a little bit nervous. A part of me was glad that I'm not in Vancouver to go to the Push Festival right now because I'd be afraid to see how empty the theater might be at the runner, um, what kind of protesters might come to the show. I hope that people go. I hope that people go to both shows and leave with some nuance. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, social media. So as I said before, I <laughs> read the comments, which I normally never do. Um, and I thought it was so interesting that when the Belfry announced the cancellation of the show, a lot of people were mad because they didn't take, they took too long to make the decision when to them it was so obvious that it was a bad decision to begin with. And they were mad that they referred to the to the uh, war as a conflict as opposed to a genocide. So even that wasn't enough. It feels like people are on this intense like rah, rah, rah marathon and even the cancellation is not enough. And even when they did the community-wide dialogue, people left and they were in a huff and they weren't happy. Whereas on the Jewish side, people are just getting stepped on and stepped on and stepped on and people aren't happy about it. But those are not the comments that are making the head like that are standing out on Instagram for sure. No. And one comment sort of talked about this is this is a nice apology uh, and thank you for pulling the runner. But now we demand reparations for the emotional trauma that we've had to go through by just attending the community dialogue, by being in the same room as, quote, Zios, um, that 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 was that was disrespectful. And they did comment on on the runner statements or sort of saying this is not a conflict. This is a genocide. You should never have programmed this play to begin with. Um, what were you thinking? And and still you I, I feel you'll never satisfy uh, groups yeah. like this. Right. No matter what you do, whether you do a thousand mea culpas, it will never be enough. Once you make this apology, you're going to have to apologize again and again and again. And I think we have to say what, what the elephant in the room is. This is literal cancel culture, you know, literal, literal cancel culture. This is censorship. And I think it does set a precedent in the opposite way of saying it's okay to just not have the conversation because it sounds like what these angry people are asking for is to never program anything from an Israeli and maybe even a Jewish perspective at the Belfry or at any of their theaters in Victoria. That's what it sounds like they're asking for. So any Israel, anything, they would be mad because to them well, it it implies genocide. Unless you're condemning Israel constantly or condemning Jews who might be Zionists, then that's an okay play, I feel. It's interesting, you know, it's like the shows like, you know, uh, the Gaza the Gaza monologues, which was presented all last month across, across Canada, as well as My Name is Rachel Corey. There was no outrage of trying to cancel these plays, right? There was no sort of group sort of saying, we need to tear, we need to not have this dialogue. There's people who are going to be upset by these plays. These people, there are going to be people who are hurt by what's happening in these plays. But these plays move forward. And and they're 
and, and, and I think that's a good thing. I went, not that I necessarily agree with everything being presented, but I, you have the right to go and attend and you oh. have the right not to, to go to these yeah, shows. Yeah, but you should have the right to be able to experience both both sides of the story in the same way that I don't think anything should be silenced in either direction. If people want to be putting on those shows, go ahead. But I think if other people want to put on shows that show a different perspective, then they shouldn't be silenced because then we end up in an echo chamber of only pro-Palestinian plays. And how is that helpful for the Jewish community who's, you know, the anti-Semitism just keeps coming and coming and coming. There's like new incidents all the time. And I think it's going to create a deep, deep chasm for the Jewish community and the arts. That's what worries me. A lot of people have been threatening to pull their funding from the Belfry, whether they're going to or not. I reached out to some people through a Facebook group um, and they didn't get my message in time. So I'm not sure whether they did. But I think this is going to create a lot of tension. We have very few Jewish theaters in this country. And I mean, David, if I can ask you um, if you're open to honestly responding to this do you feel comfortable auditioning for a company like the belfry after what happened i knew you were gonna ask me that question um really conflicted right now because yeah i know that they're programming another very jewish show later on in the season uh the lehman trilogy which really focuses on three jewish characters the lehman brothers basically the rise and fall of of the lehman brothers uh business that happened in 2008 uh, would they be programming it with Jewish actors? These are very Jewish mm. characters. But I also have to admit that it's interesting that they canceled The Runner. And I wonder what people are going to think about the Lehman Brothers trilogy show, where I would sort of say, and we can talk a bit more of this later on, is that I would say there's a lot of Jewish stereotypes in that show about the Jewish desire for money, the Jewish mm. desire to always push forward and, and you know, it doesn't matter, push anyone out of the way as long as we're turning a profit. So I'd say there's some uncomfortable Jewish stereotypes in that show. And I wonder if there's going to be any pushback or any type of conflict surrounding that particular show when it comes in the spring. I mean, if they do end up programming it, <laughs> I hope people don't walk away with some kind of validation of their biases of, oh, Jews are all money hungry and genocidal killers. Um, I mean, I haven't read the play, so I can't speak to it. I don't want to, I don't want to make assumptions, but uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens moving forward. I just feel like the more these in instances happen, the more wary I am of where I want to go, who I want to work with, where I want to place myself in terms of events, theater specifically. Um, so I'm not sure, but I think this is all good information to have. And sometimes there are days I really miss living in BC. And when things like this happen, I'm a little thankful I don't live there anymore because I would not want to have to deal with something like this head on. I agree with you. I think I think it's inescapable in a sense wherever you go. And here's the sad reality. I, I think it will happen more and more often that any type or talk of Israel in some kind of more positive light is going to be more and more toxic. And, and, and I think this is the tragedy moving forward that... Anything even Jewish is going to be somewhat suspect and questionable. Maybe I'm making too much of it. I could be it, it could be over. I could be, you know, uh, could be hyperbolic. But I feel that anytime anything is coming up with Jewish themes or our connection to Israel, which is an important part of Judaism, is nope, can't touch it. Too controversial now. Yeah, I'm nervous. I was thinking about that because I know uh, last time that you and I met in person, you were saying you were worried that Jews were going to become like the new um, like straight white male, the way that a lot of the left has said, well, it's okay if bad things happen to those people because they're privileged and this and that. And uh, the more these things happen, the more I'm starting to wonder if that's the direction we're going. Um, 
definitely nervous to see where this takes us, but uh, hopefully the Push Festival um, gives a bit of inspiration to some other theater people out there to know that they can have um, a, a duality and they can have a more nuanced conversation. And I hope lots of people uh, check it out and check out the other show that they have programmed there with from the Palestinian perspective so that they can have a real good chat. Absolutely. We'll keep an eye on everything that's going on, especially at the Push Festival later on this season. So uh, thank you for chatting with me, Alana. Thank you. All right. So uh, we're back from the break. Things are slowly coming back. It's a pretty quiet month, at least on this part of the country. But I did find uh, a few things that are happening in Toronto. First off, we have a very timely workshop called Combating Anti-Semitism in the Workplace, Arts and Culture. Uh, the dramatic rise in anti-Semitism has affected us all. Join fellow arts and culture advocates for a panel discussion on the ongoing work to combat this threat. And this is happening on January 10th at 1130 in the morning, presented by UJA Federation of Greater Toronto. You can check that out online. David, I'll throw it to you. Anything happening on the West Coast? Yes, I was also looking at that event too. I believe it's on Zoom and free. So do check it out because I think the people involved, Seth Gorin, who's the chief executive officer of Hillel Ontario, Michael Murray, who is the CEO of Ontario Arts Council, and Noah Shack, who is UJA's vice president of combating anti-Semitism and hate, but registration is required. Um, heading out further west, I do want to reiterate that The Runner is at the Push Festival in Vancouver, January 24th to the 26th. So do check that out, uh, as Alana was mentioning. And one other thing happening here in Calgary. On January 31st at 7 p.m. in at Temple B'nai Tikva, Jessica Theodore, a UFC paleontologist, will present a talk called Jurassic Pork. The Logistics of Kosher Time Travel. So a little background, Jessica Theodore fell in love with fossils, fossil recordings at a young age after finding a fossil in her very own backyard. She completed her PhD on extinct hoofed mammals at the University of California, Berkeley, before moving over to Calgary. And her research examines the evolution of hoofed mammals and their responses to climate change over the past 65 million years. That sounds really interesting. It does. I have I have one more event to promote. Um, there is a Klezmer event, a jam with uh, director of Ashkenaz, Eric Stein. You can connect to some Jewish music in this inspiring chamber group. So that's happening um, January 23rd to March 23rd. Um, there's a, It's a whole series. And you can check that out. It's going to be at the Miles Nadal JCC. All right. So I think that's it for us, Alana. Uh, happy 2024. And I look forward to following what the arts world is all about across this country of ours. Happy 2024. Culturally Jewish is hosted by me, David Sklar, and Ilana Zakon. We're produced and edited by Michael Freeman, and our theme music is by Sarah Siegel Lazar. We're a member of the CJN Podcast Network. To support our work and everything the CJN does, visit the cjn.ca slash donate to make a monthly donation and receive a charitable tax receipt. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time. Mm-hmm.